Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, for another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today, I'm going to be bringing another solo round to you. We're going to discuss email marketing again. Last week, we had an interview uh, and we broke down email marketing and broadcast emails. After doing that episode, I, I got a lot out of it and kind of made me sit down and really dive into more information about email marketing, potentially where there's more information that you could utilize in regards to email marketing for chiropractors. So I wanted to do a follow-up episode. My big thing with email marketing is I just think too many chiropractors are, are missing this component of it. It's really easy. I'm going to try to make it easier after today. It's extremely effective. The ROI is just crazy good. You know, the, the really the only cost is if your email list gets high enough, some of the platforms charge you. I know we're at uh, close to 5,000 emails, different lists, but we've got 5,000 emails in my MailChimp and I think it's costing me $62 a month. So my investment on email marketing is $62 a month and the return is great. And we're going to dive into some of that today. Before we do, let's uh, go over our win. The win in our practice has been treatment plans. Um, We don't do long, extensive treatment plans, but we do, you know, a couple times a week for three or four weeks. uh, If the patient needs it, if they have a condition, there are some new patients that don't need it, just various things. We are a transient area. Some people are looking for maintenance care, things of that nature. But, you know, we do set our patients on a treatment plan and have an open line of communication as we go along. And uh, we are out of network with most things, cash for a lot. And so uh, we have some prepaid treatment plans of eight visits, and we're doing a really good job of compelling patients to commit to that short treatment plan. And I think buying the package up front is the ultimate commitment to that treatment plan. And the benefits really are twofold. Uh, one is the, the commitment by the patient, and they're going to most likely, when they pay the money, are going to follow through with care. Two is obviously it's a benefit for the practice. Your revenue is going to go up, your patient compliance and your patient outcomes are going to go up. So those are the two main benefits from the patient's perspective and from the doctor's perspective. Uh, One of the obstacles that we've had, and it kind of goes along the lines of this, when you do treatment plan packages, you do need to check with your state and certain over a certain amount, you have to put into a separate account, which I'm not going to dive too much into, but you do have to be willing to refund the, the patient for unused visits if they so choose for whatever reason. The obstacle we had recently today as, as I'm recording this, is we treated a patient for a few visits out of the eight. She wasn't getting the results that she wanted, so she wanted a refund. So yeah, we refunded her for the visits she didn't use, but that wasn't enough. She wanted the refund for the three visits that she went to as well, which obviously I said, no, I highly recommend that you never do that. It's almost just mind boggling that people would think that they would get a refund for treatments that they had. But it was, uh, you know, the person went from being kind and cordial to not when she realized she wasn't going to get a refund for the previous three visits, which turned into a customer service uh, event. Nothing crazy, but it was an obstacle. And it's something to think about as far as patient refunds, 
yes, if you're doing packages, you got to refund them for visits they don't want to use. But no, you do not have to, and you should not, in my opinion, refund any patient for visits that they were seen for. And then as far as Facebook Spotlight, this one was exciting. We hit 3,000 members this week, which to me just blows my mind. In two years, we've got 3,000 members. We are choosy. We don't let non-chiropractors in there unless they have some kind of relationship with us, some of the admins, or have proven their value in marketing but it's a, a fine group of 3,000. We don't have a lot of drama. There's an occasional drama here and there, but a lot of great interactions. Just the the interactions and the comments, the engagement are just going up and up and up. I think a lot of times with Facebook groups, they die. People start them. It becomes a ghost town, no engagement, and it just falls off. So I am pleased that over two plus years, uh, we started in July of 2016, we are going strong and we're growing, uh, not only in members, but in engagement and I think in value. So that is our Facebook spotlight. All right. So let's dive into email marketing. You know, first out of the gates, I'm just, um, if you're listening to this and you're not doing it, I just highly encourage you to start doing this. Um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, do that first and then come back to this. Just pause it and go listen to that one first and then do this one. Uh, one of the things I did want to address in there was that I do like weekly emails to my patients. Tom had mentioned in the podcast episode, you know, monthly, but he wasn't really necessarily firm on that. I, I do think you can go weekly. I do think you can miss a week. If you're not comfortable with it, try every other week. But I think doing more than once a month would be ideal for that. So I just wanted to address that out of the gates for that. So that's something that I believe in. I do it weekly. People get a little confused. I shouldn't say confused. People get a little concerned with creating the amount of content to do a weekly email, right? A lot of people do a a newsletter once a month, and so they just send that out as their email, and it's not so hard. And so when I tell them maybe once a week, there's some definite hesitation with that. But the good thing about it is you don't have to create all of the content. I talk about the three different ways you can distribute content. One is creating it, has the highest level of merit and value. It's definitely the best thing to do. But second is curate content, which just means take good information. Uh, Just giving a real world example for me is is I am a member of Evidence-Based Chiropractor and I get an email from him once a month and I take that information, that research, and I make that an email. So that's an example of me curating someone else's content. Obviously, it's uh, I don't uh, steal content. I just you know share it, and the the proper reference and such is is there and provided. Uh, but that's an example of uh, curating content. And then the other part is is repurposing content. You know, for me, my emails tend to be uh, blog articles that we write and put on our website. Stuff that I I'll shoot a video. Facebook Live maybe, or just even a recorded video, put that on YouTube and then send the video as an email. That's pretty common and do that quite a bit. You can take social media things that you do, you know, whatever your social media strategy is and take some of that information and do it. But there's a lot of different ways you can repurpose information and make it an email. So don't be afraid of doing that. Sometimes one way I repurpose, and, and I really love this this way of coming up with ideas, it's it's kind of a combination of creating, but also repurposing, is uh, if a patient asks me a really good question, and I give them a, a good answer to it, 
And I say to myself, you know, that could be a great email. I could just send that out. Obviously, no patient information, but you can just jot down and write out that patient experience or that question they had about their headache or, or whatever it may be and what the answer was. And you can just turn it into a nice quick email. Your emails don't have to be just newsletter type, right? Where you see it's the same type of template every time. There's different types of emails you can do. And so there's content, which we've already mentioned. That's one. That's that's the most common. There are announcements, like you know, added a technique or a piece of equipment, or you're having an event, or you hired a new doctor. Like there's all kinds of things that you would make an announcement for. That's great. That's not value rich, but it's still something that can be an email. Promotions, right? Holiday stuff. If you have massage on site, you can do massage promotions. Think of promotions a little bit different than an announcement, a little more of a call to action uh, with a promotion versus an announcement. You can do newsletter emails. Those are, you know, if you write a newsletter, a monthly newsletter, definitely send that out. We do a pretty robust, we do blogs every month, but then we do a robust quarterly one that's like four pages and nicely designed. We print that out, put in our reception area, but we also send that out as an actual email. Videos, like I mentioned, definitely send out emails with videos. Some you can do just writing only, like it's just like you're writing to them. You know, you don't have any images or fanciness to it. It's just like a a written email. You can definitely do that. So there's a lot of different types of emails you can write and you can pick and choose as you go through that. And then look at the month. Like if you're going to do weekly, if it's Thanksgiving, or sorry, if it's November, you know that week of Thanksgiving, maybe your email is just going to be a nice Thanksgiving email. So then you only have to have three other types of emails for that. So it doesn't have to be too complicated. Those are definitely types of, of emails that you can utilize. From a strategy standpoint, email... I talk a lot about the before, during, and after units of marketing. Again, before unit is new patient marketing. During is the from their time of scheduling to the end of their treatment plan. And after is when they're done with you. You know, there's a lot of different types of email autoresponders you can do for people that you're new patient marketing. Like if you're doing some sort of lead generation through social, we do a live event every quarter where we try to get people to register online and we get 50 people signed up. They get an email that sends to them. From there, they fall into our regular email list. So that would be an example of before unit marketing utilizing email. Uh, during unit, I think during and after unit, in my opinion, for chiropractors is really really where the sweet spot is. And so when a patient comes in, you know, we get them into our email list, then they get a sequence of three emails sent to them spaced out by two or three days. And essentially I realized like, you know, it's like, I want to onboard them a little better. So like the first one's like a welcome and onboarding and then I picked two emails that I really liked that we wrote in the past. And I was like, you know, I I don't like that I wrote this great email, but only the people before, you know, February of 2017 saw it. No one else after that saw it. So that's part of our email sequence to new patients that come in. So that's an example of the during unit email, you know, why you would use email for during unit. And then after, this is where it's just been huge for reactivations and top of mind awareness to our patients is by emailing once a month people that aren't even coming in, you have a higher likelihood of them coming in or referring a friend and family member because they see your email in their inbox once a week. So that's an example of the after unit marketing, which I really like. Some of the things to make life easier is to have templates, save templates, and you can design those in there. And that way it's not like you're having to design an email every time you just plug and play you know, plug in the video, plug in the text or the image or whatever it is and have a few different types of templates, depending on whether it's a content one, an announcement, a holiday, you know, whatever it may be. 
So have the templates, make your life easier. It's a good way of doing it. Another tip that I highly recommend is to put on the bottom of your emails where they can schedule. So we have an online scheduler and we also obviously put our phone number on there, but we have, you know, schedule your appointment today and it's the phone number and then it's a button to schedule online. And so a lot of times what we found was people would get an email and then maybe it's five days later, they say, oh, I need to, you know, contact Kevin. And they just search the email and click on it and, and schedule right online. I had many people talk about that. Because I remember one time too, our our email link was broke for the button. And person came in and was like, oh, you got to fix that. I was trying to schedule online, but it would, took me to a four or four page. It's like, okay, so we fixed it. So people do use that. So I definitely recommend having that on the bottom of your emails, all of your emails. It really helps out. Make sure the font is at a size they can read. And then, uh, you know, update your list consistently. You know, it's it's one of those things where I just, I use MailChimp. I, I think AWeber's great. There's other good platforms that are out there that are awesome. Look into all of them before you choose. Uh, I'm just going to speak to MailChimp right now is that uh, there's an option where I can exclude anybody that hasn't opened up my email in the last 50 emails, right? So it's like they're not engaging in it. Now there's two schools of thought on it. One is, so like for me, I, guess, like I think I have 3,800 emails for my Boca Raton office only. But if I exclude out those that haven't opened up in 50, it goes down to like 2,700. But my open rates are different. So if I email the 2,700 only, my open rates are like 25%. If I email all 3,700, my open rates are way less, like in the like 15.6% looking at now. So there's a drop off on my percentage, but it's kind of a skewed number, right? It's like, well, those people, obviously it's either going into a spam folder or they have some kind of thing or whatever it is. They're just not even getting it. If they haven't opened up at 50, like not one subject line has enticed them in 50. So you can clean that out, get a better representation of how your emails are working as far as your click-through rates and your open rates. Now, on the other side of it, there's a school of thought that you just leave all 30, you know, for me, 3,800 on there and email them and keep it in there because maybe they're not opening it, some of those people, but they're seeing it. They're seeing the email. They're seeing the email. They're not opening it, not opening, but they're seeing it. So you are still in front of them. And so it's a decent way of continuing to be in front of them. So uh, take that into consideration. I'll let you do what you want to do. As of right now, what I do, I, I email mostly the people that have opened within the 50. I haven't gotten rid of the other ones yet, but I, I could choose to do that to clean and kind of clean and freshen, freshen up my list. Email, like just give you some numbers when you start to think about it at 3,800 emails I have, and let's say 2,700 of them are legitimate that where they've opened within 50 and I'm getting a 25% open rate. I'm spending $62, right? So uh, a month for the MailChimp service. Uh, that's not so bad, right? So when you talk about, uh, let's say 25% of 2,700, that's 675 people that have opened my email every week. That's really good, right? Like that's, that's good. And these are people that are mostly warm leads that have been in my office before. So there's already a level of no like, and trust. I highly agree with people that say email is getting better, like less people are emailing in certain ways and, and email is getting better. It's never going to be like it was, right? It's just not back in the late 90s and early 2000s where people felt like they had to open up the emails, but it's still really good. It's still really affordable. 
and very effective. So do that. You're going to see reactivations and referrals go up and it's going to be a vital part of your marketing strategy. Please do it. Take my word for it. It'll really help your practice out. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.